And welcome to the WAN show, ladies and gentlemen. We're a little bit late, but um, at least we got the video done, right? Nope. No, no, we didn't. We didn't. Actually, it was all for nothing. I'm really frustrated. But the least that we can do is give you guys an update on what exactly it was that had us so gosh darn busy. Um, we're finally doing it. Alex has been chasing me to make this video pretty much since he started. We are doing a thermoelectric cooled computer, but instead of doing it kind of the, um, like the, the janky way, <laughs> well, to be clear, it's still janky, but... It's, it's probably the jankiest thing we've ever made. <laughs> but what it isn't is the stupid way of doing it. True, yeah. So it's, it's, it's janky, but it's like the right way, but also it... It's the right way to like do it from a Peltier perspective. But we have this like box that's filled with electronics that's going to have, it has AC power and like 600 watts going through it and it's so sketchy. Yeah, it's pretty sketchy. Yeah. So we've got a great show for you guys today. Of course, the big headline is Apple allowing third parties to repair iPhones. So we'll get into that. Uh, we also wanna talk about the uh, some serious nerd drama that's going on with uh, Global Foundries uh, issuing a lawsuit against TSMC. So these two chip fabs are going toe to toe. And finally, AMD apparently agreed to pay out $35 per chip over their FX series marketing lawsuit. That is actually a pretty interesting, actually all three of these have a, a ton of meat. So uh, let's go ahead and get dug into them after we remember for a change to roll that intro. Oh yeah. Brought to you by Savage Jerky. Private internet access and chrono.gg. All right. So it has been a pretty busy week. The first thing I saw in the chat there was people were like, where's Anthony? And you know what? That's pretty rude. I haven't been on WAN show in a couple weeks and if we just had Alex and Anthony doing it, then I'd feel pretty left out. No, they, they, meant, they meant instead of you. But, yeah. uh, but actually, Anthony is really busy. So Alex and Anthony have both been working on really, really cool projects this week. So Alex has been doing the Peltier one that we just talked about. So it's like a what 545-watt Peltier. Yeah. Strapped directly to the top of the CPU. Unfortunately, we didn't quite get that one done. But at least you got further than Anthony with his. <laughs> um, but his is really cool, too. So... Um, this gets talked about sort of every once in a while, and then the news cycle passes, and we all ignore it again. But I don't know if you even realize, because you don't do our CPU reviews or really any of our legitimate, actual, you know, cooler reviews. Yeah. You're, you're more like, okay, build the most overkill thing with, you know, 300 to 1,000 watts of cooling capacity, and then... Whatever we hook up to it, it'll be cool enough. Don't worry about yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> um, but the way that Intel and AMD report the TDP, so the thermal design power, I think it's thermal design power, whatever it is. Um, thermal design parameter? Can't remember. The point is the amount of heat 
that their that their chip is going to output. The way that they calculate TDP is completely different. So right now, with Ryzen third gen and Intel's, um, I guess they call it ninth gen, though I don't know that it is strictly speaking yeah. the ninth gen. It all depends on how you calculate generations because we've been on Skylake for a while now, according to my watch. Um, anyway, with their current products on both sides, the way that AMD handles it is they basically, do you know all this or am I just talking to them? No, not really. Okay, cool. So the way that AMD handles it is whatever the maximum amount of heat that that chip could output, um, assuming that it is going, it's running full tilt, that's considered to be the TDP under like a, a reasonable load. So okay. if I were to if I were to take my my you know Ryzen thirty seven hundred whatever processor and I were to throw uh, you know an egg on top of it, I can assume that if that thing is rated at uh, one hundred and five watts, that I'm getting one hundred and five watts of heat and it's going to take however long to cook my egg. Yeah. Pretty much because it will turbo as high as it possibly can within its power and its thermal restraints or constraints excuse me all right so on the intel side of things now intel has an eight core desktop processor just like amd does mm -hmm. uh the 9900k and it's rated at a mere 95 watts so given that 95 watt rating <laughs> that thing should be easy to cool right yeah sure so here's the thing intel allows that chip to spike up to its max turbo and then what it expects it to do, what's within the Intel specification, is for it to ratchet back down. So as the, as the power consumption and therefore the, the heat that it is outputting goes up, and as its temperature climbs, it's gonna ratchet that down until we meet this point that I think it's called P2, that is the TDP that they rate it for. So really what it's rated at is its base clock. So they're, they're, yeah. they're producing, or they're using TDP as a guideline for anyone who's producing a cooler that will satisfactorily cool it at base clock speeds without causing thermal throttling, which is different from not boosting. Now that's something you have a lot of experience with. Yeah. You wanna explain for the people out there, what is the difference between thermal throttling and boosting, because you see this in laptops all the time, right? Yeah, good, a good one to think of is like the Corsair One. So in that, it's very small, and although a 9900K can boost to, I don't know, 4.8 or maybe like 4.5 all core, something yeah. like that, it only does like 3.6 if you hit it for an extended period of time. Right. Whereas in something like the MSI Trident X, it hits four, 4.3-ish right. for a continuum amount of time because it's cooler. Right, so the point to clarify there is that neither of those products necessarily thermal throttled. They just boosted more or less. And that MSI product is a great example of a customer of Intel's. So in this case, it's MSI, but mm -hmm. Asus actually had a big scandal around this a while back. But a customer of Intel's basically designed the, the firmware of their motherboard to operate the chip in a way that Intel doesn't necessarily intend for it to. So they intend for it to do it, but only for short periods of time. So there was that whole thing. Do you remember back when I yeah. think it was the 8700K? 
Was it that one or was it 7700K? I think it was 8700K. I think it was 8700K. When all the review sites had these completely different multi-threaded numbers for this chip, because some of them were using motherboards that used what's called, ASUS calls it multi-core enhancement, which basically yeah. takes that elevated clock and then just holds it there indefinitely. And others were behaving the way that Intel calls for them to behave, which is to boost up to it and then fall down. So anyway. Back to our discussion of TDPs. The project that Anthony is working on involves taking, I believe it's a Ryzen 7 3700X? Yeah, I think so. I think that's what he's using. And then a 9900K, where the Ryzen 7 3700X is rated at 105 watts TDP, and the 9900K is rated at 95 watts, so on paper, you, as the, let's say, the uneducated layperson consumer walking into a store, you look at these two products. One's got eight cores, the other one's got eight cores, right? Yeah. One of them is clocked at some clock speed, and then also it turbos to whatever, because that's written on the box. Yeah. The other one is at some clock speed and it turbos or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, one of them, ooh, you know what? I don't want that extra 10 watts on my power bill all the time. One of them runs, consumes less power and outputs less heat. My room gets really warm in the summer. I think I'm gonna go with that one that's uh, 10 watts cooler. Yeah. But since it's not an apples to apples comparison and the chips are behaving completely differently, we think that the way that that's being presented doesn't make a ton of sense. So do you know much about what Anthony's working on? Yeah, isn't it just like you take a liter or some amount, I don't know if it's exactly a liter of water, and you just, set it on top in a vial and see how long it takes for it to heat up. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so two thermal probes just Well, on. we actually don't even need thermal probes because oh, we're not yes. trying to we're not trying to get as granular as like exactly what is the TDP because then we'd need like this thermally isolated environment. We'd have to make sure we're not losing any of the CPU's heat through the yeah. copper traces of the motherboard. Like, it's not realistic. So what we're doing is we're taking an apples to apples to the greatest extent that we can comparison. So the same amount of water, and then we're putting a thermal dye inside the water, and we're basically gonna go, all right, whose dye turns, I think it turns from white to black, something like that, or yeah. black to white. So whose dye changes color first to see if Intel's lower TDP rating is actually representative of the behavior of the CPU. And we're gonna run the Intel one twice. Once at Intel's um, specified oh, yes. <laughs> uh, behavior, so we're gonna not run multi-core enhancement, and then one at the way that I think most enthusiasts immediately flip the switch on their CPUs in order to get it to run faster. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited about that one, but unfortunately we weren't able to get all the little details like how do we put um, vessels of water on top of our CPUs without spilling them all over the place securely while maintaining enough mounting pressure to have good thermal conductivity, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Minor details. We've actually got it all sorted out now, but we didn't have enough time to get it shot uh, this morning, which was when I had time to shoot. So stay tuned for that. Um, people are asking, where is Luke? Like legitimately, where is Luke? He's down at PAX. Uh, Luke goes to PAX every year with his family, and now that we actually don't cover PAX anymore, he gets to spend it with his family again. There was a period of about four years there, five years I think, where Luke was still going to PAX, and he'd like sneak away at night and you know hang out with his family and friends, and then be back at work in the morning, work in the show floor. Um, I think that uh, he wasn't always, he wasn't a fan. I'll say that. <laughs> 
He was not a fan of that arrangement. I think he's pretty happy that he gets to just legitimately actually go a 10 packs now, although he's been pretty critical of it over the last couple of years and says that it just hasn't been what it used to be, but that's okay. L LTX, is, LTX is gonna <laughs> step up. Well, then again, at LTX, like, what did he accomplish? I think... I, didn't he try to, like, walk from one side to the other to get to something and just didn't make it past the entrance? Yeah, I think it was something along those lines. Yeah. Okay. He's too nice of a guy. Oh, I have an Alex-specific question oh, from John yes. Y. Uh, oh, he deleted it. Oh, it was deleted by Nightbot. What? Oh, why was that deleted? Okay, uh, John Y. <laughs> wants to know what happened to the Ricer PC. I would also love to have a status update on the Ricer PC. Uh, not a whole lot's happened with it. Uh, we've been doing a lot of other things, like the tech coolers and just making videos. That's about it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We do have some people that are going to make different parts for us. I'm just not entirely sure who's making which part. So, Singularity Computers. Yeah, they, I think they offered to do some blocks and stuff, didn't they? Um, I'm not totally sure. Okay. Well, we'll not, like, make them do things right now. Yeah, we won't sign them up. <laughs> so, yeah, guys, we do still intend to do it. The good news is we have all the hardware, so now it's just a matter of in good time, um, getting all, getting everything measured up, getting blocks produced, um, planning out the build. It is quite a bit more complicated to do like a showcase level of PC build on something that's running really old yeah. hardware that doesn't have a ton of support for it anymore. Um, so give us time, we will do it. Yeah, also the workshop is a workshop now. There's been like this pretty large period for the past couple months where we just couldn't really do projects because yep. everything was just in boxes over there. So what all is actually hooked up over there? Laser cutter? No. Okay. That's, that's covered in dust and wrap. Router? Router's fully operational. Router's good. Mill? Um, we got the tooling order done. So it's fully operational minus having everything to cut things. Drill press? Drill press is good. Sander? Mm, it's like not bolted down, but it's... Okay. Okay, so basically we're getting there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> lathe, lathe tooling arrived in the US, so we just need to pick it up. <laughs> Great. So guys, give us time, give us time. Um, all right, speaking of giving time, let's, uh, let's give you guys the thing that you came for in a reasonable amount of time. See, I brought it around. Uh, Apple announces independent repair program. Uh, Link Boy on the forum posted this, and the original source of the news is naturally Apple themselves. So let's see how Apple uh, puts their spin on this. Apple offers customers even more options for safe, reliable repair. It's funny that they're branding third-party repair businesses as safe and reliable when for so long the line was that they weren't. New independent repair provider program expands genuine parts access to more repair businesses. All right, so let's go through sort of the, the key points here. Um, they announced it's a new repair program offering customers additional options for the most common out-of-warranty iPhone repairs. Uh, Apple will provide more independent repair businesses, large or small, with the same genuine parts, tools, training, repair manuals, and diagnostics as its Apple Authorized Service Providers, or AASPs. 
Um, this is a quote. So, when a repair is needed, a customer should have the confidence that the repair is done right. We believe the safest and most reliable repair is one handled by a trained technician using genuine parts that have been properly engineered and rigorously tested. So, here's what I want to know. Why didn't Apple want the kiosk in the mall to have decent parts before? Because it's not like the kiosk in the mall was ever going to go away. <laughs> so at the end of the day, your customer, Apple, your customer was going to go there and they were going to have either a really great experience by sheer blind luck because you guys certainly didn't put any effort into making that experience any smoother. So you got lucky if they had a good time or that customer was gonna have a bad time and you know whose customer that is? Yours. So, I mean, they get applause. They just don't get like, Okay. they get slow applause for finally, yeah, golf, I like that. Go with the golf clap. <laughs> um, I, I, okay, I don't, ah, see, I, I fall into this trap sometimes where when a company finally does the right thing. You still get mad. <laughs> I still get mad because they did the wrong thing for so long and it's all this like pent up frustration. But I shouldn't, I shouldn't get mad about this. Um, with that said, there's, okay, I, sh I shouldn't get mad about the good parts of this because there's still parts of this that I can get legitimately mad about. So uh, there's a couple things here. The program is only going to allow independent repair shops to offer out of warranty service for iPhones, uh, such as display, battery replacements. There is no mention of in warranty repairs or other devices. So Mr. Rossman over there is not going to be getting diagnostic manuals for MacBook Pros anytime soon, as far as we can tell. Um, and this is another uh, really important point of clarification. Apple has not announced along with this program any kind of, um, uh, any kind of process for general consumers to gain access to genuine parts to conduct their own repairs. So... Yeah, I think it's the out of warranty service that gets me the most because where this probably means the most to a lot of people is like out in the boonies where like buddy knows something about tech but doesn't have the right tools and so they could just give them the right tools because like i don't know if you're living in labrador you're not going to get to the genius store like you, you <laughs> speak as though uh you you know this from experience i don't know if people know where you're from Nova Scotia? Yeah, which isn't quite Labrador, but like from our perspective, it's been... <laughs> they only got an Apple store there like pretty recently. <laughs> yeah. And so it's the sort of thing where like, you can go to lots of places to get your stuff fixed, but like, I don't know, most of the time it's just like a high school kid that has some spudgers. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna play devil's advocate here and I'm gonna say I totally get it. If you're not a fully certified Apple authorized repair center, I don't see them offering you a warranty on the thing that was opened up by some random person. That is fair. So I get that side of it, but I'm still really frustrated that as a consumer, so like from a, from a just right to repair, right to repair doesn't mean right for some specific person to repair. It means that if I have the know-how and the inclination to 
work on, upgrade, or repair my own devices, I should have access to the same manuals, the same uh, tools, the same diagnostic utilities that anyone else would, because why not? They're gonna be out there anyway. Especially now that they're opening up this program. Like if yeah. they imagine for a second that they're just gonna certify a bunch of like random mom and pop shops in the Philippines and these manuals aren't gonna be all over torrent sites everywhere. Like come, come on, just formalize what's already happening so that we don't have this like black market of <laughs> Apple PCB schematics. Like, no, I'm serious. Oh yeah. It's that crazy. <laughs> Like there's, like honestly speaking, if you want like a, a brand new Apple product, you either have to get stolen blueprints for it. If you want to figure out like, you know, what every, what every sense pin is connected to, or I mean, you'd have to, I don't, I don't know, you'd have to rip apart a working device and like x-ray the thing and try and try and reverse engineer it basically. Apple's pre, I mean. Oh, okay. Sounds fun. Yeah. It's, <laughs> So anyway, 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 in Apple's defense again, let's get positive again for a second here. The certification process is simple and free of charge, but meeting the requirements, um, which is basically that you have to have an Apple certified technician who can perform the repairs, um, does not guarantee acceptance into the program, and Apple reserves the right to reject any application without telling you why. Wait, should we do? Should we do something on this? We could should have we like, try to apply to be one. Yeah, we should have like three or four people just apply and see how many get in. I think Anthony used to have his Apple certified crap. Hmm. I wonder if we could like get him, get him like, uh, <laughs> like get him. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like get his certifications refreshed, and uh, try and see if Linus Media Group Incorporated <laughs> can become an Apple. Well, what are, what are they calling it again? Uh, Apple Independent? Authorized service? No, 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 no. We, we no. wouldn't become an AASP for sure. But if we could just be like an iPhone, yeah. an iPhone service, whatever, <laughs> get like our, get our iPhone manuals and stuff. That would be cool. We'll just set up shop in like unit 105 <laughs> or whatever. People can we, just pull up. We do have a pretty legit like rework area. There. I know, right? Yeah. Not that Apple is letting shops do anything like that anyway. You're basically just doing screen repairs and battery replacements, but uh, maybe this is part of the lashback around Apple's whole stupid thing where they were taking even first party batteries and giving you like a, a battery service notification in, in iOS. Do you hear about this? No, I didn't. Okay, so pretty much a recent change made it so that if you swap your battery, even if you take two identical iPhones, and just swap the batteries between them. So, so all Apple first party parts, uh, they, they would give you a notification in iOS that says your battery may require servicing because they're tying the serial number of the phone to uh, like a serial number in the battery. Uh, oh, so they're, weird. they're doing that so that it's easy to tell if a phone was not battery swapped by an Apple authorized mm party because Apple authorized parties are able to reprogram the chip on the battery so that it'll match the phone so you won't get that error. So they got a ton of backlash for it because it's like, <laughs> yo guys, yeah, for serious business at this point, what are you even doing? Like it's bad enough you make it so hard to swap the battery. Now I've gone, I've done all that work, the stupid error, come on. 
So it looks like they're just expanding the network of people who can do it legitimately so that people who repair things themselves still have to deal with this crap. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's uh, so this follows Apple's recent expansion of its authorized service network into every Best Buy store in the U.S., which actually tripled the number of U.S. ASP locations compared to three years ago, which is great, but the U.S. really isn't um, the biggest problem. Um, it's other places, like Labradoodle or wherever you're from. <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Look, look, look. I'm not going to be one of those elitist, you know, Torontonians or whatever they call themselves. I'm aware, I'm aware that there are other parts of Canada, okay? I just don't care. Well. <laughs> sorry, we have this, okay. For those of you who are not Canadian, we have this, like, inferiority complex over on the western side of the country because we, like, were settled later like we didn't even get a railroad until I don't know 80 years ago or something like that I'm kidding it, it was longer ago than that but it doesn't matter the point is we have like this inferiority complex because our government and the vast majority of our population are all thousands of kilometers away and sometimes you know the decisions that they make uh, for the direction of the company company the country don't really have a lot to do with the concerns of people over here. So we just feel kind of ignored. You know, it's like, oh, you know, what's Canada's baseball team? Well, Toronto, whatever they're called, it's a bird or something. You know, <laughs> w what's Canada's basketball team? I don't know, some other bird. Um, oh, it's like... I, 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 know. Yeah, I, I know, it's a dinosaur raptor, not a bird dinosaurs. raptor. But the Blue Jays aren't a dinosaur. Yes, it is. It isn't. Shut yes, up. It is. I've had enough of your crap. Well, birds are dinosaurs. Okay, you can you can make that <laughs> argument, but that's not for a com that's a different podcast. You go you go <laughs> talk about that on some other podcast. Um, How did we get on this? Uh, all right. The point was that the U.S. <laughs> is not the main concern. Most people in the U.S. compared to rural parts of you know Russia or something have yeah. relatively easy access to an AASP. Uh, and I'm not saying it's perfect everywhere. I'm just saying that right now the program is only launched in the US but with plans to expand to other countries, so it's clearly not a complete solution, but it is a step in the right direction. I just always question Apple's motives when they do stuff like this. Is it a step in the right direction as part of a greater movement towards a more consumer-focused uh, attitude? Or is it a step in the right direction to appease people and make them shut up while they continue to march in completely the opposite direction as a more general rule for their business um, behind the scenes. Which one do you think? Are they getting more consumer friendly? Yes. But are they Maybe. doing it out of the goodness of their hearts? Probably both. You think so? Wow. Like, it's not like entirely out of the goodness of their hearts, but you know, it's the kind of thing where it's a bit of both. What are, what are people saying? John Wick says, Quebec feels ignored. Don't complain, dude. Quebec does not get ignored. <laughs> Quebec complains so loudly that like we can't be heard over their noise. And I'm not saying Quebec doesn't have legitimate grievances. I'm just saying that to say that Quebec gets ignored is um, a very, Quebecois thing to say. Uh, <laughs> uh, what can I do for you, Nick? Uh, did you talk about the new 
new shirt because we're still talking about Apple. So I actually have not talked about the new shirt. I can I can talk about the new shirt. Uh, sponsors time. We have a new shirt. Yeah, you know what? Let's start with ourselves. So this episode <laughs> is brought to you by LTTStore.com. Uh, look at this guy. What a loser. He's got bad hair too. Oh, terrible. Um, anyway, we launched a new product today. This is the Ram T-shirt. What's that on the front of it? it th wow, that is a great picture of David. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see this? Yeah, I put them all up. His punch? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is fantastic. Wow, we, we have so many <laughs> models here now. That's awesome, look at this flasher guy. You look so scary in that photo. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, this is our Ram shirt. It's a shirt with Ram on the front. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. It's part of our whole like series of PC component shirts. We've got CPUs, hard drives. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. CPUs. Uh, there's other ones coming, so I thought there were going to be more on the site, but they're not there. <laughs> so check it out, lttstore.com. While you're at it, why don't you pick up a water bottle? The water bottle's freaking awesome. You hear that? That's the ice cubes that don't melt because it's insulated. And what else can I do for you, Nick? And we'll have uh, Stealth back in next week. Mm. Right, yeah, Stealth hoodie is out of stock, we know. Swacket is out of stock, we know. We didn't order enough. Um, honestly, Swacket did so much better than we could have possibly expected. Like, we, we started that project like nine months ago or something stupid like that. This one right here. Um, and we ordered 500 of them thinking that like that was going to be absolutely nuts and we might have a hard time selling them all because the store so far had not sold like anything yet i don't think i think we'd sold like a handful of t-shirts or something like that and we sold out a swag in like two weeks so you guys are freaking awesome um thank you for your support uh, I guess it helps that we actually launched an item like in season for a change. Like stealth hoodie we launched in the middle of summer. <laughs> like it, the weather is heating up. We're like, yeah, get a hoodie. Woo. Uh, Where Swacket's like right in time for the fall. So that's coming back in the next, I think, what, three or four weeks? Swacket? Yeah. I don't have a timeline. Oh, never mind. No ETA, but stealth's coming back in the next week or so. Um, and then new water bottle colors in three to four weeks. Oh, new water bottle co colors in about a month. So stay tuned, guys. Uh, also, right, we're gonna we're relaunching Elemental. So stay tuned for that too. It'll be on a WAN show. Yeah, it'll be on WAN show. If don't you don't miss watch WAN live, show. You won't get it. Uh, is that right? Yeah, basically. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because they sold out in like a couple hours last time. Yeah. All right. Uh, other sponsors for today. Who else we got? Do the jerky. We got Savage Jerky. Oh, which ones do we have? My hands uh, are so dirty that I'm yeah. gonna feel pretty bad eating I these. I have a lot of rapid tap on my hands. I have a little bit of like shop hands going on here too, but that's okay. All right, Savage Jerky. It's full of flavor, made from the best ingredients without nitro. I actually, I have said that talking point probably somewhere between 50 and 100 times without nitrates. I actually didn't know how bad they are. They're oh. terrible. <laughs> I have started buying only meat without nitrates. It's like terrifying. So what you know what it? they do? What? Um, they're like a, they're a chemical that's part of the process for making meat that as far as I can tell, doesn't contribute to the meat actually tasting better. 
but makes it pink in color much faster. Mm. So if people shop for their meat based on like a really desirable color, a lot of the time what they're buying is meat that's just soaked in nitrates, oh. which cause cancer. Oh. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. So, sour jerky, no nitrates. 13 different flavors from their sweet teriyaki to their intensely spicy Carolina Reaper. They also make hot sauces, barbecue sauces, and even spice rub. And you can use offer code LTT to save 20% this weekend only. Usually our code is 10%. And, oh, that one's actually <laughs> got a little bit more kick than usual. My maple buffalo bacon. One second, please. <laughs> Sorry, I just went down the wrong pipe. Okay, I'm good. 20% at savagejerky.com this weekend only with a bonus sample bag in every order. That's pretty cool. Also, sponsoring the show today, PIA. Uh, PIA doesn't have like a formal sponsor talking point thing and we talked about the store a lot, so I'm gonna breeze through this. Okay. Get PIA, lmg.gg slash PIAWAN, woo. And finally, brought to you by chrono.gg. So, we've partnered with them to set up an official Linus Tech Tips Games Store. So I'm gonna fire up the store here. This is my first time actually seeing the finished one. Linus Tech Tips Official Game Store. Got featured games. You oh, had something City to Skyline. do with this, didn't you? Yep. <laughs> I've played too much of that this year. Totally. Uh, let's go ahead and go back to chrono.gg. So we've got Risk of Rain 2, City Skylines, that's Com 2, Superhot, Civ 6, and more. So Chrono.gg works with game publishers directly to secure keys and deals for partners like ourselves. If you haven't heard of them before, their main store offers one game, one great deal, every day at 9 a.m. Pacific. So check it out today at ltt.chrono.gg. Uh, I'm actually gonna fire it up and see what their main deal is today. I really like this maple, maple buffalo station. bacon. I have never actually heard of this game. I don't hear. Kind of reminds me of Habbo Hotel. Hmm. Complex man. Oh, it's a space station sim. Yeah, that seems like the kind of thing that people would play a lot <laughs> and then get completely consumed by. All right, in other news this week, Global Foundries has issued a lawsuit against TSMC. And if you guys don't already know how high drama this whole situation <laughs> is, I'm going to skip straight to TSMC's response to, uh, here it is, let me see. Blah, 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 blah. Oh man. Oh yeah, that's ruthless. I don't think, where, where is it? Where is it in here? Mm, there. Ah, yes, okay, this is great. Um, oh no, that's not even it. Oh. Oh, that's hilarious. Okay, no, that was from um, a tech analyst. Significant damages. You know what? I don't think it's in my notes. So do you want to start walking people through what's going on here while I find this quote? It's fantastic. Um, so I don't really know the details, but basically... Global That's fine. Foundries, you just read the thing and pretend you know. Global Foundries has filed lawsuits against Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company in the U.S. and Germany over alleged infringement on 16 patents. The company said they're looking to halt the import of processors near the technology and is seeking to or and is seeking significant damages from TSMC based on TSMC's unlawful use of GF's propriety technology in the tens of billions of dollars of sales. Um, basically, it'd be really bad because NVIDIA, Apple, um, doesn't AMD also use them? 
pretty much everyone that makes fast things now uses TSMC. Yeah. Global Foundries fell a little bit behind, um, and when you fall a little bit behind in semiconductor manufacture, you're in trouble. Yeah, you're basically done. Um. Uh, so what, you, like, what even happens if this goes through? Like, do we just, do we have like the Titan RTX and it's like suddenly gold because you can't get any more or something? Um, realistically, like this kind of thing comes out all the time where, you know, I mean, back when, uh, back when Apple and Samsung were going toe-to-toe -to -toe over the original Galaxy S Vibrant and how it looks just like an iPhone and all that kind of stuff, and, you know, they'll seek sales injunctions or whatever the case may be, like sales bans. Mm -hmm. The reality is that it usually takes so long to be processed that any product that would be affected by it is long gone from store shelves before anything actually happens, and this is more, it, it ends up, a lot of the time being more about posturing than anything else. Now, the unfortunate <laughs> thing about this situation is if it just covers anything made by TSMC, yeah, it could actually affect your ability to buy a, a, an NVIDIA graphics card or like, in any countries that will, that will uphold um, this kind of a ruling. It could create like a black market for graphics cards that are like manufactured in Taiwan, Sorry, the chips. Manufactured, so the chips are manufactured in Taiwan, the cards are assembled in China, and then they're like, you know, shipped through India or something, and then like <laughs> snuck into port and in the US or whatever the well, case may be. Well, it says US and Germany, so maybe we can just get a bunch and we're pretty close to the border. Not an actual business strategy. Dang it. I was, uh, <laughs> someone found the thread, found the, uh, the quote in the thread on our forum but I'm having a really, really hard time finding it. Uh, TSMC, because, um, oh, dang it. I hate this, I'm so mad. Okay. In a nutshell, they basically said, yeah, we're gonna defend ourselves, and we think it would probably be a good idea if they would just focus on making better products than resorting to this kind of, um, you know, patent infringement lawsuit crap. In a nutshell. Oh, maybe it was the other thread. No, that was just page two. Dang it. All right, whatever. I give up. <laughs> so I guess that's pretty much. Uh, I guess that's pretty much all we have to say about that. Yeah, that would be bad. Yeah. Good luck, Global Foundries. Uh, seems like they must be pretty desperate. So in August 2018, they ceased development of their seven nanometer process to focus on being a specialty foundry, which is, I guess, another way of saying that you can't compete at the bleeding edge. So you're just going to go out there and find customers that don't need their products manufactured on the bleeding edge. And like, that's fine. There's plenty of customers for that out there. Um, it's just. It's like going for venture capital or like getting venture capital and being like, you know, I just kind of want the loan for my parents. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> All right, what else we got here? Oh, this is a big one. So this was posted by Rainbow Dash on the forum. Not the real Rainbow Dash, of course. Uh, and the original article here is from the register.co.uk. But AMD has agreed to, play, to pay purchasers of its FX bulldozer processors a total of $12.1 million to settle a four-year, 
false advertising lawsuit that works out to about $35 a chip. Um, oh man, I remember this great, um, Intel used to have some really edgy advertising back when they had this like, we are unassailable swagger going on. Um, so this was a little bit beforehand. Let me see if I can find the image. Oh, that's a shame. I just remember they sent us this advertising <laughs> collateral back when I was working at NCIX. Um, back when AMD was advertising their triple cores, which were basically uh, failed quad cores that had one of the cores disabled. And what was cool was that in many cases they could be re-enabled. Um, and Intel sent over this oh, ad collateral cool. that said like, um, more is not necessarily better or something like that. And it had like uh, a like beefy looking chopper motorcycle that was blue and then like a green or red. I forget whether AMD had switched over to red yet at that point, but a tricycle next to it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you guys, you so edgy. Anyway, the whole core marketing for AMD ended up getting them into trouble because they went from the FX, oh man, I'm trying to remember, sorry. It was the uh, Phenom 1100T was their flagship six core processor. And that was based on their steamroller. I'm sorry, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit hazy on my eight year old code names, but the 1100T was an unlocked six core processor, Phenom Black Edition or something along those lines. And it had, um, from like a from, from like a, a traditional sense, so it had both floating point and integer units for each of those six cores. Then AMD launched the world's first eight core desktop processor, the FX. I think it was 8150 was the first one. Do you remember any of this? All right, no. don't worry about it. FX 8150. But the problem with the FX 8150 was that it didn't have in the same definition that AMD had previously used, it didn't have eight full cores. So I think it only had eight integer units, um, but then only four floating point units or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, is that, is that right? Yeah, that's right. And uh, crucially, a single floating point unit. Yeah, yeah. So what that meant was that for certain workloads, Certain workloads, it did actually behave kind of like an eight core processor, but for other ones, it only had the horses under the hood of a quad core processor, and they were advertising it as an eight core processor, when the entire rest of the industry, which is AMD at every point <laughs> previously, though to be clear, if we go back far enough, uh, CPUs used to have things like cache off board, so, Let's ignore that era. Uh, but everyone, including AMD and of course Intel, had sort of decided that a, a CPU core needed to have both a floating point and an integer unit. Um, so in January this year, a California judge rejected AMD's claim that a significant majority of people understood the term core the same way it did. And uh, based on the results of a poll of the register readers, it appears most see cores in the same way as the litigants. So 47% said a core should be fully independent, whereas a mere 28% were rabid AMD fanboys and said that it can share execution engines. <laughs> so this has led to um, both AMD and the plaintiff's lawyers 
Oh, this this is great. Uh, this appears to be some editorial from the register there. They said, the insanity that is class action lawsuits has led both AMD and the plaintiff's lawyers to argue to the judge that 12.1 million is a fair amount, despite the fact that consumers paid an additional 60 million in premiums for their eight core processors. <sighs> I don't know. This is honestly kind of a tough one for me because I really do see it both ways. On the one hand, yeah, it was kind of BS. But on the other hand, is it really any more BS than, you know, NVIDIA calling their GPUs 2,000 core processors? Like, they call them CUDA cores, but they're not cores in the same way that a CPU <laughs> core is a core. Like, get real. Ugh. Yeah. You have to read I'm, the fine print on this stuff. It's I'm highly not. technical stuff. For me, I thought that it was like, Pretty greasy. Like I know when I learned that it was like only half actual cores. Like I was one point five cores. Yeah, because like a lot of stuff uses FPU. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess also kind of like not many things use eight cores even now. So I don't know how much of a difference it would have made, but it just uh, I don't know. It just doesn't sit right with me. You know me. what, here's what I want to know. Let's create a straw poll here. Straw poll.me. I want to hear from you guys, but here's the trick. I only want to hear from you guys if you actually bought. That means real money when it was new. So I'm not talking like your buddy was getting rid of his FX when he upgraded to something better or whatever. I'm talking you bought brand new from a store, a bulldozer processor, an FX eight core processor, and I wanna know, do you feel ripped off? No, not, not maybe do you feel ripped off, because really when you, when you calculate the damage of a class action lawsuit, it's more about the money. So, yeah. or it's more about the, the it's, it's about the false advertising. So would you have made a different decision? Would you have bought something else because here's the thing, core advertising or boost clock speeds or whatever the case, actually, yeah, the TDP discussion that we had earlier is another yeah. perfect example of just, if you just read the box of a CPU, knowing that this is a highly technical product, you kind of got what was coming to you. So core processing uh, or core counts aside and advertising aside, uh, any computer purchase should come down to benchmarks anyway, not down to the specs because the specs are ultimately pretty much meaningless. All right, I'm gonna go ahead and dump this in the uh, YouTube chat. I All actually right. don't know where to find the live video on our channel here. <laughs> oh, there it is, wow, that was easy, neat. Yeah, I would say framed like that, I am a no. Like, I don't think that it would change how I thought about it. So you would have just done your research and made a decision based on the raw performance of the thing. Yeah. Right. And like, for a lot of things, do you think it really makes a difference? Like, probably not. I don't know. Like, as, a, as an educated consumer, no, it made no difference to me whatsoever how AMD wanted to advertise their stupid thing. Um, I knew that it performed like hot garbage, literally hot garbage. <laughs> and so I was not interested in it. Um, 
but I guess like sometimes I can be kind of out of touch in that sense. You know, it's funny. I had someone call me out of touch, but in, I think it was, I think this was not the way that they meant it because we talked a little while about how user benchmark, I think it's called. Oh yes. How yeah. I had never heard of that before. And I'm like, you're so out of touch. Must be nice to just have all that stuff on hand so you can test it yourself. And I'm like, no. I didn't always have all that, and I still didn't resort to, like, what's that other stupid site, like GPU Check or something like that, where, like, oh, yeah. you know, anytime you Google, like, 1080 Ti versus 2080 Ti, this stupid garbage, these garbage town websites that just, like, count CUDA cores, basically, and say which one is better. Like, that's not how you research hardware. I didn't have to have all this stuff to be able to figure out how things performed relative to each other. You just go out. You look for independent reviews of them. You find numbers that match, and then you can use that to compare something that was never directly compared. So if one review has a direct comparison between a 3700X and a 9900K, and then another review has a comparison between a 3700X and uh, 9400, to find, yeah, it's not fairness. that hard. It's not that hard. You have to be willing to put a little bit of work into it. The point yeah, is, you can compare a 9900K to a 9400 as long as the thing that they have in common sort of agrees. It's pretty close. Yeah, but you're thinking of like someone that gets that, not the sort of person that's like, oh, like, how does a GTX 760 compare to, I don't know, uh, 1050? Like, you just you, type that in? No, no, no. No, it's like, it's not very difficult for like you or me to like figure how it all matches up. Yeah, because you just have to go find reviews of like the 960 and then also the 1060, and you can bridge the gap. Yeah, it's not all that difficult, but if the first search result that comes up is like, oh, this one right here is however many percent faster than the other one, you're just gonna click that, you're gonna use the number, and you're gonna be like, okay, yeah. All right, we've got our results. I am so sorry, Floatplane. Um, we were already really late for the show, and I didn't have time to sign in, so I didn't check your chat, uh, and I didn't post it there. I feel terrible, you guys are great. Um, but Actually, speaking of chats, um, yeah. uh, what's his name? Um, Robert Mayhal, I'm sorry that I said that wrong, sent us the TSMC quote in two oh. super chats. Oh, where is it? It's right here. Oh, this is great. Thank you, Robert. We are disappointed to see a Foundry peer resort to meritless lawsuits instead of competing in the marketplace with technology. Oh, oh dang! <laughs> TSMC is proud of its technology leadership, manufacturing excellence, and unwavering commitment to customers. <laughs> So basically, they, they just said, if it's too hot in the kitchen, then get you know get your ass out. Yeah, sorry, right. you're not good. Yeah, sorry, not sorry. So this is interesting. It split, I wouldn't say down the middle, but it's a lot more even than I would have thought. So 40% of people would have bought something else with just shy of 60% saying, no, they would have bought exactly the same thing because they probably did all the same research that yeah. we would normally do and knew exactly what it was that they were buying. I don't know, it's a funny thing because from my perspective, I don't really care that much of about like, Asus was in here earlier this week talking about how they were the first to have a 120 hertz laptop. And I was like, okay. But I would <laughs> never buy something because of a manufacturer like being like, look how cool we are. What do I care about that? How many FPS do I get in my game? Shut up about that other stuff. So, 
No, I just like, I find that kind of thing sort of confusing. All right, oh, so we should see if there's any anything else that we wanted to uh, talk about real quick. Oh yeah, this is something that just sort of bothered me. I don't know why they did it. Um, this was posted by JC Helios on the forum. Oh yeah. And the original article is from Nine to Five Google, and uh, why don't you go ahead? I, I don't know. This just really annoyed me. I have no idea why they did it. Yeah, I was. I, this happened to me like very recently. I was just trying to find a wallpaper for like a secondary PC, and I went into Google Images and the search by exact size or larger than where you can like type in the numbers it's just gone so i don't know that's about it but i'm just really annoyed because why remove it maybe have it like a bit harder to get to if you don't want it around but i don't see why you'd remove it using google's advanced image search feature you can still filter by sizes larger than certain megapixel counts but the ability to filter by exact size isn't available there um, Bing, by contrast, apparently does still offer the exact size image filtering. It's too bad that it is a steaming pile of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now it's time for the super chats. Hey, chats, you super. <laughs> Note says, Mighty Car Mods Car PC Collab. We would love to. They're not exactly located close to here. Um, the stuff that they work on is big. The stuff that we work on is big. Time consuming, that is a fairly major project. <laughs> We're not saying no. We're just saying, uh, not yet. Yeah. Human Gilly says, Linus, when are you going to come to Australia? I would love <laughs> to come to Australia. There we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm not going there to work. <laughs> Gamer55 sends a dollar. Thank you. Rust is, Rust I2 God, I don't, I don't know what that says. Keep up the great work, everyone. Well, thank you. Uh, Alexander says, new batch of stealth hoodies when? Uh, next week. Tony says, Linus is beautiful. You knew I was going to read that. I wasn't going to gloss over that one. Ungrim says, love the earrings. Don't uh, lie to me. People are just... Um, Tommy Gunn, are you going to revive Channel Superfund soon? We want to. We haven't had time yet. It is on the roadmap. Linus, you're back. Is there an update on Floatplane merch? Um, not yet. <laughs> we, will, we will do Floatplane merch eventually. Uh, Joshua says, any plan to look at Via's weird x86 chips? I didn't know they were making new x86 chips. Via new CPU? You gotta be kidding me. Okay, so this is like September last year. Hmm. Oh, I think that we tried to get one and then didn't. But I. I don't know, I wasn't involved in that, so. Interesting, yeah, we could try again. Um, yeah, it looks oh, like, like it's like a weird Chinese processor or something. A lot of time that stuff's really hard to get out of China, but we did get our hands on the Honor TV, so uh, oh, yeah. that should give you guys some idea how our sourcing in China game is going. Owen says, hi, apologies for this, but hit you up on D forum by DM. Okay, good to know. Uh, Sport says, hi from Switzerland, just a fellow Vancouverite creating Swiss LTT fans here. All right, cool. Uh, Linus, when did you get so handsome? Uh, it's a filter. <laughs> did you hear about that? No. The, like, um, the old lady in China who was using a filter um, to be like a, a cam girl. Oh, this is awesome. I don't know if they talked <laughs> about this on WAN show. Uh, filter. You mean on TechLink? China. Um, 
cam girl. I don't know. I'm just putting in every keyword that could that I think might help me bring this up. Uh, this young vlogger's beauty filter glitched midstream, revealing a 58-year-old woman. That is apparently a real-time filter that she was applying to her streams. That's actually pretty impressive. It's really impressive. Yeah. You got like the face shaping going on there, like nose shaping, eye shaping. Ha like, has anyone found that this is fake news? I haven't found any, uh, I haven't found any evidence to suggest that it is fake, but I also, oh wait, no, wow, this is BBC. Okay, yeah, it's probably fine. Uh, and I didn't find any other pictures because it'd be nice to have more than just one still, like a, a video of the stream might be kind of cool. But yeah, saw that, thought that was pretty pretty fascinating. Uh, I don't remember how we got on that subject. Right, yeah, that's what I'm doing. That, yeah, <laughs> uh, what else we got here? I bought tickets for last LTX but couldn't go. Still glad I could contribute, can't wait to go next year. See you there, Connor. Uh, the Novarin do gym shorts at the LTT store. I actually totally want to do workout clothes. Uh, I want, basically I want to stop paying for my badminton clothes. That's my secret agenda. So if you guys could all buy a bunch of it so that I don't have to buy, well, I mean, I buy it, I buy all of it, but like, <laughs> I don't know, whatever. The point is. It feels different. I want to, yeah, it, feel, it feels different. It feels different when instead of like going to a store to buy this Ram shirt, uh, Lloyd or Nick just walks into my office and gives me a stack of Ram shirts and it's like, hey, you got to promote this now. And I'm like, cool, I love this thing. Um, so yes, I paid for it. In fact, I paid more than you guys because I actually like hired employees to create it. But um, yeah, you got you know, samples. Those are not cheap. Doesn't matter. Yeah, actually. <laughs> did you guys know like how much freaking samples cost? <laughs> It'll be anywhere from like 3x to 30x what the, the finished product will be for stuff that's as simple as like a mouse pad or whatever. Actually, mouse pads are a bad example because the samples are pretty cheap for that because it's mostly like a digital printing process now, but uh, did I just give something away? Yeah, I think so. We're doing a mouse pad. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Mike says, do you know anything about fixing yourself? <laughs> oh yeah, I do. You just go see Dr. Pollock. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not reading your username, but it says I would, I was wondering if you'd be willing to do an episode on the history of PC sound and sound hardware. Didn't we kind of do that? That's really interesting. Um, I don't think so. Not to the degree of depth that this individual yeah. is probably hoping for, because there is a lot that went on there. Sound used to be a much, much more demanding thing before uh, Microsoft basically took the whole thing and put it in software with Windows Vista. I feel like Lazy Game Reviews has a good video on that. Probably. Um, Cooper says, hey guys, been a fan since I had a barely functional 5850, now I'm rocking a water-cooled 2080 Ti. What 2000s era component do you miss the most? I don't, uh, uh, none of them? <laughs> there were some cool yeah. cases back then. You probably wouldn't remember any of this stuff, but, um, man, check out this thing. Oh, this yes. This is the Thermaltake Zazer series. These were some flashy pants friggin' computer cases, guys. Let's check this shiz out. What else we got here? Oh man, look at this blue one. <laughs> I think the Zazer 3 was, oh, is this the three? <clears throat> no, I wanted the two. Oh yeah, that's the one I was looking for. Look at this thing, it's beautiful. 
Aluminum construction. This was like a premium case back then. This was like gamer. Love it. Look at these, look at these builds from back then. That's like, that's like a show build, you know? <laughs> Did it have cathodes in it? Uh, oh, probably. Like this is, this was like in advertising. <laughs> no one would even dare show that on like build.gg or whatever these days. It's great. Um, what else we got? Um, da, da, da. Uh, Dyslexicon says, spending money on Super Chat that won't get read. And I'm pretty sure you lied. $2 is usually the, uh, the free one. <laughs> but I read it. So now you're a double liar. Uh, Joey says, can you lower shipping costs for Canadians? They are as low as they are. Um, those are our shipping costs. We don't make profit on the shipping. Um, so the only way for us to lower our shipping costs is to do more volume through Canada Post, basically. Uh, Adam says, been watching LTT since NCIX. Love to see the changes over the years. Keep up the good work. Andrew says, I used your code to buy Shroud's coffee at Madrid. His coffee's pretty good, actually. Yeah, but he used our code. Okay, you know what? He used our code. Thank you. Thank you. But not to buy our coffee. It's okay, I'm over it. Yeah. Uh, Dalsim says, I would love an armored swacket for a motorbike. Okay, that would be so much friggin' work. Do you know how hard it was to do the swacket as it is? I love it, and it was totally worth it, but like, no. Get some goalie gear and put it outside of it. Yeah, yeah of it. why not? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, sure, it's that simple. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Jackson, I'm 13 years old. I love your show. Just wanted to say, hey, hey back. Where are the like buttons on float plane? Luke's working on it. All right, so hold on a minute. Oh yeah, okay, this was Robert Mail. Thank you, I just saw that finally now. Uh, a Broken TV says, I wrote a stage play. Alex, you can't do that, it'll ruin the company. Linus, you misunderstand, I am the company. I think we could work that line into it. If we did a stage play? Sure. Um, oh, where'd it go? It just moved. Someone said, new intro when? Uh, not sure, I may just kill the intro. Yeah. Maybe we just won't have an intro anymore. Cause like, people who drop out during the intro are watch time that we don't have. Maybe we just don't need to, uh, maybe we don't need to like, brand ourselves to death. With that said, the amount of branding that we've done, not just for the channel, but also for the company, I think has contributed to um, people's awareness of us in general. So ugh, I, I'm not sure what the right answer is. Yeah. Uh, the Phoenix, I just got my Swacket, Stealth hoodie, processor shirt, hat, and underwear is all awesome and worth every penny. Thank you, Phoenix. Um, McRingle Borat, can't wait for the LTT sandals. Can't wait to be the first to resell them on GOAT. What is GOAT? I'm like afraid to Google this. <laughs> GOAT, is it like something to do with shoes? GOAT shoes, GOAT.com, the safest way to buy, sorry, what, what, what is this? Oh no, I licked my fingers. Oh, <laughs> gross, shop hands. Oh, gross. Okay, why did I do that? I deserve it for eating on stream. All right, what the heck is this? So is it just like... Is it just a shoe store? I think it's selling like hard to get shoes maybe. Like how much do those cost? 125 bucks. That seems pretty reasonable. Or used for 120. Oh, okay. So this is a used marketplace then. Okay. So you want to resell them on GOAT. Wow. Um, okay. I mean, everybody has to have goals. And that's important to maintain your focus. 
So I commend you for it. Uh, okay. I think that's pretty much all we can do for now. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll see you again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. So long. Oh, I can't believe we didn't finish the Pelche video today. Yeah. I'm so disappointed. I wanted to know if it was going to work. I wanted to know if it was going to look just like a fire. I still want to know if it's going to work. Yeah. I'm still concerned it's going to catch on fire.